didn't they all do well? Should we have another round of applause just to say, well done. This is not a normal service for us if you're here for the first time and thinking, this is unusual. It's unusual for us too as well, okay? So just so you think about that. Uh, the service is also a little bit longer today as a result of all the things we're putting into it, of course. Now, normally, my name's Andrew and I'm on the staff here. Normally, I would speak for 35 minutes or something like that. The sermon I had prepared was probably about 50 minutes, so I've cut it way, way down to about 25 minutes. That is, of course, if you trust me to stay to 25 minutes, do you trust me? You shouldn't. So, <laughs> so you might be thinking to yourself, well, what are you going to preach about today? Well, all of those things crammed in together. We're, we're, we're doing a sermon series at the moment called Set Apart. And uh, it's all about looking at uh, people in the Bible who have been set apart for the purposes of God. And whenever we look at our church here, whenever we look at our city here, we believe as well that there are people being set apart by God for the purpose of the city, for the purpose of our place where we are. We believe that God is taking people from the city, separating them, to then go back into the city and change the city for his glory and his kingdom. Now, John last week spoke about um, uh, the commissioning of, of Joshua as a leader, and it went from Moses to Joshua in this leadership. Um, and that leads us today into Joshua chapter 1. And if I could give this a title, this sermon, it would probably be something along the lines of uh, comfort versus courage, or uh, courage triumphs over comfort, or, or something along th those sort of lines. And you might be thinking to yourself, Andrew, in what way does this relate in any way to dedications, baptisms, wedding renewal, or so on and so forth? But how many of you know, okay, it's not actually easy to get up here to the front and uh, fly over from Germany and everything else how many of you know it takes a bit of courage to do that, to stand up at the front and say, you know what, we are declaring that we're going to raise our children in the ways of the Lord, come what may. We are declaring that our marriage is centered upon Jesus, come what may. And later on when we have the baptisms, these are people who are declaring, look, I'm letting everybody know, I'm having a baptism. Everyone's going to know Jesus is Lord of my life. And come what may, whatever results of that, what may. And how many of you know that that takes Courage, right? Now, for uh, in chapter one today, Moses is dead, and Joshua is about to step into not only this new role of leadership, leading all of these people, but also stepping into the promised land, which they had been waiting for for so long. They should have already been there, but ended up wandering around in the, in the desert, in the wilderness for 40 years because of a lack of disobedience, but also fear because of fear of stepping into this new country. Now, 40 years on, with Joshua, there is a new generation of people getting ready to enter into the land of Canaan, the promised land. But they're not quite ready yet, not even after 40 years. First, God must prepare Joshua and then the nation by teaching them the importance of being courageous and having consistent faith. And once they've learned that, then the nation miraculously crosses the Jordan River to begin and continue living their God-given calling. Uh, the passage today, as I already said, is Joshua chapter 1. It'll be coming up on the screen. If you have your own Bibles with you, either paper or electronic, you can turn to it with me. Joshua chapter 1. We're starting in verse 1 and we're reading through to verse 9. So I'm going to start now in verse 1. 
After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you, will be then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's just pray quickly, shall we? Lord, I thank you for everything you've already done in the service, Jesus. And uh, I know, God, that you want to speak to us. You want to call us out into more. You want to change and challenge us, Lord Jesus. So we welcome you here now, God, that you would speak to us, Lord God. I know, Lord Jesus, that there's many in the room, Lord, now that feel like they're quite dry and they, 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 they don't even know why they're perhaps even here this morning, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would make it abundantly clear to them, God, that you love the folks in this room right now, that you care about us, Lord Jesus, and you want to engage with us. So God, help us to be good listeners, Open up our eyes and our ears to see and listen to what you're saying this morning. Amen. Throughout scripture, God calls very ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Things that are completely outside of their comfort zone. And what makes them extraordinary? What makes them our Bible heroes that we tell of time and time again and we hear the stories from young to very, very old is that simply these folks were obedient. God told them to step out of their comfort zones, and they did. They weren't great men and women of their own right. They simply did great things for God in obedience. Now, Joshua, he was absolutely one of these men, okay? He had already been obedient to God many, many times in the past. And if you want to learn more about that, go and listen to some of our sermon series online. But now God was calling him to take charge of the people of Israel, his predecessor Moses had done quite the list of achievements. Again, if you want to know more about that, go back and listen to our sermon series online. But essentially, these shoes that Joshua was about to step into were pretty big shoes. So what does God say to Joshua to call him out of his comfort zone and into courage? If you're a bit like me, you'll sometimes read your Bible electronically. So not just a paper version, but on your phone. Uh, the most popular Bible app that there is on the planet, the most downloaded Bible version on the planet, is a version called uh, version. It does just come up as Bible whenever you're looking through your apps, and then when you click on it, launch it, it says version. So that is the most downloaded Bible app that there is in the world. 
And year on year, the developers release some information about how people have engaged with the Bible through their app. And so it has different stuff on it, like uh, the most read passage of scripture, um, the, the most uh, popular verse, and so on in the Bible. Now, the one that everyone would be curious to, to know, of course, is, well, which is the most popular verse in the entirety of the Bible? It's a bit hard to do that if we're all just highlighting it in our paper Bibles, but now because we have electronic ones, we can actually see this stuff. And so in the reports, the most highlighted, shared, and bookmarked verse almost every year, not quite every year, but almost every year, is in our passage of scripture today. And that was verse nine. Let me read it to you again. It should be coming up on the screen again. It says this, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now clearly, people love this verse. And for good reasons too, right? Don't be afraid, be filled with courage, God is with you. What is not to like in this verse? Everyone in this room, I'm sure, could take that, run with it, and apply it to any number of situations in their lives, even right now, today, at this very moment. But are we at risk? Is there a chance that we could take this verse out of its context? Are we at risk of trying to take the Bible and force it into our own agenda to apply to something in our own life at that moment in time that we just want it to stick with? When the Lord says to Joshua in this passage, be strong and courageous. He's not just saying it as some sort of pithy saying like, oh, have a nice day or anything like that, okay? He's saying be strong and courageous because it is going to be for a reason. It's going to be for a purpose. And that purpose simply is you are going to be in situations, environments amongst people in which you are going to need to act courageously. You are going to need to have courage. Throughout our reading, okay, three times God says, be strong and courageous. And God was really specific about where that strength and courage could be applied and where it would come from. God was warning Joshua, there are gonna be areas in your life in the days ahead that you are going to need supernatural courage given on to you. And I am forewarning you, Joshua, what they are, so that when these moments arise, you can know without a shadow of a doubt that I am with you. And I have placed courage in you to see you through those moments. Let's just have a, a quick look at this. This should come up on the screen as well. Let's just have a quick look at those three verses again. Verses six, seven, and nine, where the be courageous statements are. Verse six, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people. Verse seven, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all of the law. And verse nine, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God says three times, be strong and courageous, and each time it's linked to a reason, a purpose. He's saying, Joshua, I'm gonna put courage in you because you're gonna be leading a very difficult group of people. Joshua, I'm putting courage in you because you're gonna to have to obey my law in the face of opposition. People will want you to deny me, people will want to lead you astray, people will want you to do their own agenda. You're not to do that. 
You're going to need courage to obey my law in those difficult times. And lastly, I will be with you wherever you go, but make sure you're with me too. So the issue before Joshua was a call to be strong and courageous in view of this huge weight of leadership that was being placed on his shoulders, a heavy load. God was calling him to a very special and difficult ministry, one with huge challenges and obstacles far beyond his own skill or ability. So where does this supernatural courage come from? How can we be supernaturally encouraged today? People often run from moments of ministry or difficult situations because it's uncomfortable or because of fear or because of the obstacles that they would face. They know, look, if I did that, Andrew, it's going to have repercussions and this is going to happen and so on and so forth. The former generation of Israelites that we just talked about earlier, they missed out on the promise of God, the promised land that he had set apart for them because of fear. Because they looked at the giants and thought to themselves, we can't possibly go into that country. We need to just go back, run away, keep ourselves to ourselves. This is too big. In the same way that they failed to enter into the promised land because of their fears, we too can fail to enter into the promises of God for our lives not because he's not a good God or any of those things, not because he doesn't want to give good gifts and so on and so forth, but we can fail to enter into the promises of God for our own lives because our lives are dictated by fear and anxieties and worries and concerns. As most of you will know, uh, we had an event recently called I Heart Dairy, and it ran for about 10 or so days. In that, there was a whole bunch of different things that happened, but on the Friday, Saturday, and then on the Friday and Saturday again, we had a few hours of outreach in each one of those days. So we literally went out in the street, prayed, okay, Lord, who do you want to speak to? Lead us to those people today. We want to pray for people. We want to tell people about Jesus today. What do you want to do? So we had a group of 13, I want to say, Americans from a university called Vanguard. And um, during the training, if I had got a pound for every single time someone said this to me, they said to me, Andrew, uh, we've never done this before. Uh, you know, we've never done outreach and evangelism and everything else. This is completely new to us now. And I was like, it's okay. Don't worry about those things, okay? Don't worry about that. And then when we get out in the streets, they're like, Andrew, we've never done this before. Ah. I'm like, it's fine, okay? Don't worry about it. Ah. Easy for you to say. Well, it's not easy for me to say, actually. But just don't worry about it, okay? Just ask the Lord what he wants you to do and see what happens. So these guys who had never done this before, okay? No experience of this. One of them on one of the days, uh, Ezra has a prophetic picture as we're down on our knees praying. And she says, I, f I feel like we're going to meet somebody, red glasses, purple top, unusual colors for both, right? Um, and so we kept our eyes open that day. Later on, an hour passed or so, we see someone with red glasses and a purple coat. And we go up to them and say, hey, you know, we're in the streets. Would you like us to pray for it? Pray? Absolutely. You pray for me. Let's go. So, well, that was easy. Step one. No problem. So he comes over to the seat, sits down, and our very own Decky is there. He's there this day, the legend Decky. And we end up praying for this guy. And as we're praying, Decky has a prophetic picture for him, really detailed. And he, he says to him, look, I, I, in, this, in this picture, I, I, I see like there's a cage, and you're stuck in the cage, but you have the key to get out of the cage. It's in your pocket, and the key is Jesus. 
And he instantly, like it hit a nerve instantly. He says, he was like, I know exactly where the key is, but I don't want to take it out. And so God spoke directly to this guy. And I don't know where he is with the Lord right now or whatever, okay? But I do know he needed an encounter with Jesus that day. And maybe we'll see him on another day out in the streets and maybe he'll give his life to the Lord at another point. But I know this, that gave him a major wake-up call that day. Okay, not only from that, but Jenna, who was uh, one of the girls in the, in the American team again, she was somebody else on the, the last Friday that we went out. She led someone to faith, to Jesus, on the streets. That was the first time she'd ever done that. It's not like she was coming in here and be like, right, how many can we get here, folks? I'll show you how it's done. She'd never done it before. She'd never done it before. And that was her first time she'd ever done it. I love the fact she had to come to this country to do it, but hey, never worry. She'll take it home with her and bless back home with it, hopefully. And then there was another girl on the team called Paige. Paige was, again, she was one of the girls who came up to me regularly and was like, Andrew, we've never done this before. And I was like, I know you keep telling me that. The last, I think it was the last Saturday that we were out in the streets. Um, she ends up going to pray for somebody. And like, can, can we pray for you? Oh, well, okay, yeah, go ahead. And as she's praying, she just starts prophesying over this person, just nailing thing after thing after thing. That was just like, you know, the, you know the term like reading someone's mail? It's like, how did you know all this information about you? But it's just like God was letting her read their mail, as it were, and highlighting all these things. So like these folks who had never done any of these things before, Every time they stepped over fear, God had a story for them on the other side of fear. Every time they, they opted in for their courage, rejected fear in Jesus' name, they had a story to tell of what God was doing on the other side of fear. Now, make no mistake, Cornerstone, Derry, in some ways, some sense of the word, is our promised land. And God is calling us into it, and he's given us the keys. And we can see that in just a handful of stories over the past 10 days. But the Americans aren't here anymore. The only thing that's going to stop us, stop you, from entering into God's promises in your life is choosing to stop at the point of fear, is choosing comfort over courage. You see, courage, it's not all just about outreach and street reach and all that sort of stuff, right? And we can see that from Joshua's story today. It's about being obedient to God in all things of life, even when it makes no logical sense. Comfort is usually based on things that are easy for us to do. Whereas courage requires tackling things that seem, have a perception of being more difficult. In a similar sort of way, I'll say it a different way. Comfort is usually based on those things that we are already familiar with. You're well versed in. Whereas courage focuses on the unfamiliar, the future. I want to tell you a little bit about my past and my story. If anybody knows me in the room, you know I'm from a farming background, okay? You know that. My YouTube history, half of the videos I watch on YouTube are farming related, and that's no different today, okay? That's still exactly the same. But what you might not know is that me and my family have been quite on quite a journey, really, to do with the farm and everything else in the Lord. And um, about uh, maybe 20 months ago or something like that, I started working one day a week here for Cornerstone City Church. And about a year ago, almost, I started working two days a week for Exodus, um, which is a Christian youth charity. 
And um, we started having a lot of conversations within our family saying, look, look, Andrew, are you taking the farm on or not? And the answer was quite clear that I already had been for a number of years. No, I'm not, but I still wanted to hold on to it. <laughs> Didn't really want to quite let it go. So we had lots of conversations, my mum, my dad, and myself about, look, what does this look like long term? What does this actually look like in the big picture of things, Andrew? Because you're clearly called to do other things. And so I wanted both and. I wanted both the kingdom and the farm, but you can't have both and whenever you're already doing three jobs. You can't do that. You can't, you can't do all three, and you can't do all three well. And so God brought us all, the family, to a decision that, look, now is the time then to sell the farm. Now is the time to step away from it. And so as hard as that was, like, it took a lot of courage in a lot of those different uh, decisions along the way to keep on saying yes to Jesus as he kept on chipping away at me. And we got to the point where it's like, okay, the decision's made, we're going to sell the farm. And then I was still like, Lord, could we just like, you know, sell the hen houses and the farmyard and keep the farm land? Just for context, it's not a chicken coop, all right? It's, there's 36,000 chickens, so it's quite large. <laughs> so it's not just a chicken coop. So I was like, Lord, could we just sell the hen houses and the farmyard and just keep the farm land? Because, you know, that income's pretty easy. You just sit there and you just, you know, rent out the land and it's good security, you know, good security for years to come. You can pass it on to the next generation and so on and so forth. And God said, no. No. Boy, I tell you, it takes a lot of courage, hey, to say yes continuously whenever you're faced with stuff like that. Whenever you want security and you know you can hand it down to the next generation, everything and so on and so forth, and God says no. So about a month and a half ago or two months ago, I can't remember the timeline now, everything was sold. It's now done and dusted. So we've, we've walked away now entirely um, in obedience. And I'll be honest, I needed supernatural encouragement. I need supernatural courage to make all the right decisions at the right time to be able to submit to Jesus in that. That's not because I'm some sort of great guy on my own. Uh, there was a lot of prayer went into that, a lot of submission. You see, courage and I do believe that in the days ahead that me and my family will be in the good of obedience as well, just to say on that. Uh, God doesn't just call us to make hard decisions for hard decisions' sake. He calls us in to make hard decisions because he has more for us than the other side of that. Now, courage is simply the ability to encounter danger and difficulty in spite of inner fears. And I want to show you something here. So um, the Apostle Paul, who wrote the most books in the New Testament, not the most of the New Testament word for word, that was actually Luke, a little bit of information for you there, but the most books written in the New Testament was by Apostle Paul. And this is what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I want to read this to you. I came to you in weakness with great, what's that word? Fear. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power. And again, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. You'll get the cue this time whenever I say, what's that word? For when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn. Conflicts on the outside, fears... Oh. Fears within... I just got too carried away, too impassioned. What can I say? So here we have Paul, all right? The guy who is attributed to building the early church, okay? You would imagine fearless. He's gotta be fearless, right? To encounter all those difficulties for Jesus and overcome them, he's gotta be fearless. Not true, okay? The Bible tells us here, he tells us himself, he has multiple fears within. 
And, and like, this is not just feeling nervous, okay? This is not just having concerns. He is fearful multiple times. In other words, courage is not the absence of fear, okay? You might say, Andrew, I can't do X, Y, and Z because I am so scared of it. So am I, okay? Fear is within here too, right? Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather God-given courage helps us step over our worldly fears and into our God-given destiny. Now, some of you, you need to hear what I'm about to say here, so hopefully you're listening. You're listening, yeah? Okay. If you're waiting for fear to flee in your life before you step out in faith, the chances are you are never going to move from where you currently are stood. Let me say that again, okay? If you're waiting for the fears that you have in your life to just go away before you step out in faith and do that thing for God, whatever it happens to be, chances are you are never going to move from where you're currently sat. And that's because it's time to apply God-given courage to your life, your circumstances, and your situations. Now, maybe you're sat here today, changing tone slightly, maybe you're sat here today and you're not a Christian. Well, maybe not yet, anyway. And you say, Andrew, you know, I've heard about Jesus a number of times up until this point, you know? I've had all this information for the years gone by and I want to trust Jesus with my life. I want to trust him as my savior. But you know, I'm afraid. I'm afraid, Andrew, that if I do, it puts everything at jeopardy. My friends, my family, my marriage, my relationships, my work colleagues, everybody will treat me differently. Everything I have, everything I've worked for could be up in the air. And I would simply say to you, yes, that could well be true. David Platt, this will come up on the screen for you. He's a, a, a pastor and a well-known author in America. And he says this, radical obedience to Christ is not easy. It's not comfort not health, not wealth, and not prosperity in this world, radical obedience to Christ, radical obedience to Christ risks losing all these things. But in the end, such risk finds its reward in Christ, and he is more than enough for us. If you're truly sat there at the minute and you're wrestling with fears within, about submitting your life to Jesus, giving your life to him, I would say to you, let today be your day. It's time. Why wrestle with truth when you know it's true? Apply truth and courage to your life today and submit to who Jesus is. If you wanna do that today, we're gonna to have a time of prayer very, very soon at the end. And if you wanna explain, or if you want someone to explain a little bit more to you about who Jesus is and why do I need to make a decision about this, whoever's at the front for ministry team would love to spend a little bit of time with you to pray for you and lead you to faith in Jesus. There's three folks today later on getting baptized and they've done that in their lives already. They've already submitted themselves to Jesus and said, Lord, I wanna make you Lord of my life. Forgive me for my sins. I wanna live your life, your mission, your calling for my life rather than my own mission and my own calling. And today they're, they're getting baptized as a declaration of that to everybody else around them. So how can we move from a life of comfort into our God-given calling? It's a lot of information there, Andrew, but what's the application? How does this work? Well, just as I come to finish, okay, can I invite you all to stand with me, please? Stand if you're able. And can I ask folks that are part of the ministry team, 
you know who you are anyway, I don't need to name you. Could you come forward please now? We often in church, we give time at the end for God to speak and to break in. So you guys come forward now, no hanging about. I just, before, we, uh, before I say anything more about what to pray for and everything, I want to just share very quickly, looking back at verse 6, 7, and 9. Very quickly looking back at these, okay? Verse 6 was about, be strong and courageous because you'll lead. This is God's mission giving on to Joshua. The obedience is, is key here. Joshua, this is my mission for your life. Put to death any of your own selfish ambitions. I have a plan for you a great plan to lead this people into the promised land. Verse seven, obey my law. This is all about obedience and submission. If you want this, these verses to apply to your life, then you have to apply obedience and submission to your life as well. Obedience to Jesus and submitting to him. And in verse nine, I will be with you. This is all about being people of his presence. And that's what we wanna do now. We wanna be people of his presence, not just people of information, but people of invitation as well. We're inviting people to engage with who Jesus is, to come forward, be prayed for, and see their lives being changed and transformed. I'm gonna read out a few different things saying pretty much, what if God was to say to you, as I'm doing this, okay, at any point that you want to come forward to be prayed for, you can do this. At any point you think to yourself, I need courage in my life for this, Andrew, or I wanna do this, or I wanna see God do this, or I even just wanna share what God's put in my heart so, so that somebody can hold me accountable to it. At any point where I'm saying these things, if you wanna come forward, you can come forward, okay? What if God was to say to you, I want you to move house, I want to move you and plant you somewhere else in the city. Would you do it? What if God was to say to you, okay, I want you to give up a day in your week or more of your time to do CSM, to do CLL, or whatever it happens to be. Not for the purpose of just being present, but because I want to give you something to give away to other people that's going to change your life and change other people's lives. Would you, would you do that? Would you give up a week of your employment or whatever it happens to be to do that? What if God was to say to you, Stop trusting in your savings account, no matter how big or small it happens to be, or your retirement fund. That which you're holding on to for security, give it away. And watch me and how I provide for you. Would you do that if God said that to you? I realize these are not easy things. That's why you need courage, folks. What if God was to say to you, okay, it's time to get to know your neighbor. Start knocking on doors. Because I want to get to know them. But God, my neighbors are so weird and I'm afraid. God would say, I know that. You wish to be one of them. <laughs> I'll give you the courage, all that you need as you go. What if God was to say to you, cancel all of your streaming media profile stuff, services, and delete all of your social media to get away with me? Your life is already too full of stuff. And in order to have life in all of its fullness, I want to give you more. But before I can give you more, you first have to make space. If God told you to do all those things, would you, would you do that? Would you cancel all your streaming services, delete your social media? And finally, what if God was to say to you, now is the time to give your life to me today. Today is the day of salvation. Would you do it? If God was to say those things to me, Andrew, it would take a lot of courage. And yes, 
you would be right. So why not come forward for prayer now? And I'm going to say one more thing. When we do operate out of his mission, when we are obedient, when we are people of his presence, then these verses, these promises of God, they are ours. And we have every good reason to highlight them, to underline them, to share them, to bookmark them. They are applied to our lives. We can be strong and very courageous because the Lord our God is with us. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, so much that, Jesus, you want to release courage in the room and that, Jesus, you want to release new life and salvation in the room as well, Jesus. So I pray, God, right now that there will be a rise of supernatural courage in the room to achieve all the good things, God, that you're prompting the saints in the room to do right now. But also, Lord, I pray for an outpouring of a supernatural grace, an outpouring of your supernatural courage for people to say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you everything that I have. So Holy Spirit, I just ask you, Jesus, would you move amongst people now? And as we invite people to come forward for prayer, Lord Jesus, now, the people will respond. The folks that need to respond will respond. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.